Support for WRFA is brought to you in part by listeners like you, who believe in the vital public service WRFA provides through its arts and education programming, as well as through our coverage of local news and public affairs. Plus, your generous support lets us provide a number of volunteer-based programs to be shared on our airwaves. Help keep community radio in Jamestown and Chautauqua County alive by making a contribution today. To make a tax-deductible donation or learn more about becoming a station underwriter, use the donate page on our website, wrfalp.com, or send a check to WRFA Radio, 116 East 3rd Street, Jamestown, New York. Or you can call 716-664-2465. It's been a little over a week since Jamestown Mayor Kim McLean took office. She spoke about appointments, fiscal concerns, and other city projects with us. We welcome Jamestown Mayor Kim Eklin for her first official monthly interview on WRFA after being inaugurated as mayor on January 1st. So, good morning. Good morning. So, you have now been officially on the job for a week. How are things going? Actually, you know, pretty decent, pretty, you know, smooth sailing. Obviously, there's a big learning curve for all of... All of my staff, myself and uh, people in my office, as well as the new controller. So, you know, um, but been a week of meetings, introductions, updates, see where things that maybe in my role as a council member, I didn't necessarily know the details of what department heads are working on and things like that. So it's been real busy. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to transitions, you know, transitions between administrations, can go well, they can be tricky. How would you say that transition went between the former administration and this one? To be honest with you, pretty smooth because of my role as 20 year council member. So having that seat and having that knowledge helped and eased and uh, really didn't um, create any problems with transition. And people have worked with me, I've worked with them, they know how we work together. Um, I just, the timing was the issue. I retired from my private sector job the 12th of December, so I only had a, a brief period filled with a lot of budget issues. So, you know, it wasn't as good of a transition as I would have liked jumping in for those two weeks trying to get acclimated, but we made the best we could and we're still transitioning and still moving forward. Mm-hmm. You have some new staff in the mayor's office, including one member who accompanied you today. So I'll say hello to Joe Calamari across the room. So tell us about uh, the, the people in your in your office. So just like I mentioned, um, <clears throat> retiring cl- only two weeks ahead and also having the budget issue we had with the $2.7 million. Um, I really didn't have a lot of time to divest and and interview a couple departments as in-depth as I would like. So two departments are still holdovers, and that would be the Corporation Council and um, Department of Development. Um, Mark Retzer is still the Acting Director of of Parks and um, Public Works. Um, Obviously, Tim Jackson was reappointed as the Police Chief. Um, I did bring in a controller. Erica Thomas came with me from e-solutions or bush furniture uh, with 35 years of finance experience and budget experience. Uh, She's jumped right in and asked a lot of questions and has been a good asset. And in my office, I'm honored to have two really great employees. Um, One is Joe Calamari, who is my executive assistant, and the other one is Ashlyn Davis, who is the um, administrative assistant. Now, for people who may know other Joe Calamari's, this is not the attorney. That is correct. I've been asked a few times, as I'm sure Joe has asked, are you the one that's working for the mayor or not? So yes, with uh, with the town uh, rich in Italian and Swedish history, you're bound to run into a few Joe Calamari's and Johnsons and Andersons and with the same names. That's true. So 
You you mentioned that Elliot Romando is a holdover. I had seen in the Post Journal that he had been approved by Dunkirk City Council to be their city's corporation council. And then I saw Mr. Romando at the city council meeting last night. So he's a holdover. I mean, is that, do you, has he talked with you about how that's going to work? So on, ironically, I read it in the paper as well. Um, and I did have a conversation with him finally yesterday um, getting some particulars and some details. He assures me he will devote, devote 30, the, the standard work week to this place right now. Um, as you know, I still have a very strong transition team, and one of those transition members is Rick Sotir, the former corporation counsel, who has really served an amazing role for me on the transition team all of them have but and he is also involving himself into something so that we have a backup plan um elliot's position with dunkirk he has assured me is only part-time and to work specifically on land acquisitions which is mr Romando's strength apparently so okay so and then we you mentioned erica thompson thomas going coming on as the the city's new comptroller with that i know you've been obviously your your strength has been in finance you were working on the 2024 budget and issues with it before the end of 2023 have you had any new updates since we last talked about in terms of what's going on with the shortfalls or what's happening there so we haven't sat down in all fairness i need to give erica some time to get just acclimated to the job and understand while she has a very strong finance background it's not in government so we have a little bit of a learning curve there for her um so what we are planning to do is at the end of the month meet and see if there's anything that's jumped out in her understanding of what's going on right now and then i think it's going to be treated like we did during covid to be honest with you when we made some budget amendments throughout the year when we saw some things come in if we have some grants that are out there that i you know, we've applied for and we're looking for some other ones. If some of those things come to fruition, maybe we can cut some other expenses somewhere else. So it's kind of going to be a moving target, if you will, for a little bit right now. But there is one thing that we found out last night that is a cost savings measure that is happening within the Jamestown Police Department as a result Mm -hmm. of Captain Bob Samuelson's retirement. Correct. So we looked at a couple things. Uh, when I won, I sat down with Chief Jackson and looked at some things. Um, one concern some council members have raised throughout the years, not just recently, is trying not to get to a top heavy in public safety. And that was a question that was raised. So in light of that, we looked at a couple options. And the option that we chose to do is with Mr. Samuelson retiring is taking a chance, if you will, and hopefully this will work, going back to the days where we had a chief and a deputy chief. So um, the current captain, Scott Forster, will become the deputy chief. He has to serve as acting until he tests. That is a civil service testable position. Um, And the lieutenant who was working very strongly in the drug task force group is going to actually be the lieutenant supervising the investigative division. So while we're not replacing the captain, we still have numbers we have to maintain in the police department. It will be another officer on the ground. So that's the intention if that's what we do. But um, by not doing that, we've eliminated a car. We've eliminated that higher salary. Um, we unfortunately, just because of the duties of the captain, can't go to a lieutenant unit-wise, unit so we have to pay some stipends to the, the chief and the captain 
and the admin assistant in the department to absorb some of that, but the rest should be a cost savings like you see. All right. So when we're talking about spending money, uh, do you anticipate that you'll be bringing forward a bond proposal this year? So there's some things on there, Julia, you know that, uh, you know, the shocker was the 6.9 million. Um, but there are some things on there that we really need to take care of. And, and in particular, let's talk about the roof on City Hall. Um, I met yesterday both with Erica and the Deputy Comptroller to review ARPA. And our goal is, as you know, the roof is out for bid for engineering study. So that is something we have to do whether we bond or use ARPA. So my goal is by the end of March to have a really hard lock on what we have left in ARPA. And as many of those projects that are necessary that were on that bond that are immediate need, the Fenton roof, the city roof, um, if we can use ARPA for that and then eliminate or <laughs> decrease that bond significantly. So I'm not ruling it out, but I'm not a fan of the 6.9 million right now. Right. And that was going to tie into my other questions. Are you going to make any changes to the scope of the projects? And in a sense, you know, if you are able to use the ARPA funding, whatever that total is that you come to, that that would take those, whatever those projects are out of the bond. Would, and I, of course, wonder, well, you don't want to bond for $6.9 million per se, so I'm thinking you wouldn't necessarily add projects back in, but is no. there nothing? Okay, that's good. That was my other question. I, is, that, is there anything you would replace? Trust me, there's a lot of things in that building, as you know, and across the city, there's some things we can do, but we've had some major projects with the fleet management garage. You know, so I think it's time to take a step back and look and see. We need to take care of our house, absolutely, but let's do the immediate things first and take care of what we need to. And if I'm recalling right, with the fleet maintenance facility on Washington Street, that's set to basically kind of be all up and running by this spring? Yes, but that's also a shortfall in that bond. So we got a meeting coming up to discuss that and how we're gonna move forward with that as well. Mm -hmm. So thinking of like projects with money, and I, I think this is something that back in the fall when it first, or maybe even late summer when it first came up, it was talk about, well, you could always put this in the bond, but that's not where it's going, is that this camera and lighting project that at the Cherry Street and Spring Street ramps has come back up for discussion at City Council. Mm -hmm. And um, and, and part of why this is coming about is because of concerns raised by parking right. ramp users, uh, including people who work in City Hall yes. uh, on the fifth floor in the mental hy hygiene department. Um, it seems like there is a path forward, but you're still waiting on some money. So you and so, you referenced this before early before about grants and things like yeah, that. Yeah, so that is one grant that we are supposed to hear by the end of the month. We luck out this month because of a holiday, obviously a very important holiday in Martin Luther King Day. So we have the council meeting at the very end of the month. I believe it's the 28th or 29th. 29th. So that gives us a little bit of buy time to figure out whether we take it from ARPA the general fund or the grant covers it. Um, more than likely it'll come out of the general fund and we'll figure that out after if we replace the general fund with lost revenue from ARPA. But it, it needs to happen, it's a big concern. And as I told you many times, times are different, things are changed. And one thing we want people to do and feel is secure and happy and in their hometown. And if that ramp requires it, that's what we need to address. I think the timing of it, because it was end of the year when it was being discussed in December, was using contingency, but that's not typically what is financially done when you're in January. Correct. 
So we are not going to use contingency. We do still have an over-under, right? So if we find out that we've made, you know, significant impact, you know, we can take it from the over-under of 2023. So I'm confident that we have 240000 somewhere that we can utilize and, and the grant will pay us back that in full. Okay, and that was another question I was trying to figure out was, did the grant cover the full amount? Pretty close. I, I don't think it's dollar for dollar, but um, the issue with holding off until after we hear from the grant, you're going to get an increase in the quote. So we're trying not to push that off because it'll it'll come with some increased expenses if we don't mm-hmm. on this quote now. So it's going to happen. So why prolong the ang- agony and just take care of it and spend more money that we don't need to spend? Another infrastructure project that has come up for discussion is really is a state project that New York State is looking at doing in 2025 is this project on East 2nd Street, which is it's kind of vague. I assume that they're doing some sort of street reconstruction, but um, it's come up that they are either have asked the city or the city has been asked to provide some sort of input on what they want to have done. And bike lanes mm-hmm. has come up as a discussion. But 2nd Street, East 2nd Street is a little bit tricky, and part of putting in bike lanes, in this, at least in this proposal that was presented to City Council, is eliminating parking on, I call it the south side of the street between East 4th Street and Tiffany Avenue. So what, what, what more can you tell us about this project? So obviously this is just the preliminary expectations, just like we did for Washington Street, where we held a couple informational meetings and, and whatnot. Like you said, Washington Street is totally different dynamic because it's not as much residential. There are some residents there, but most of them have off-street parking. So um, Second Street is a little bit different of dynamic. Um, There are some businesses that do have parking there, but there's also businesses that utilize the street a lot. Um, You know, that being pick up even at Lena's Pizza, Elite Creations, you know, the barber down there. Um, A lot of those smaller businesses do not necessarily have off-street parking, but more importantly, a lot of the homes do not have off-street parking. So if we eliminate that, the the public safety question and concern is if I park on the opposite side and I'm walking, um, you know, what what's the danger of, we all know, pedestrian vehicle accidents is very concerning with the losses we've had here in the past. So that is a very strong concern, not only of this council, but of the staff as well. Mm-hmm. And having like, just personally, like knowing that that street in that corridor, I was thinking about it and brainstorming. And it, it really is, it's kind of a trick because if you want to have bike lanes on both sides, you, you have to come up with the space because bike lanes, I think um, interim director of uh, public works, Mark Ratzer said they have to be five, five feet. feet. Which I didn't realize there was an actual, like, they have to be five feet in that, and that driving lanes are then, I think he said eight feet? No, the eight or, parking or, lane is parking, eight feet. 15 feet, I believe, is the driving lane. Okay, that makes more sense. But yeah, so, but yeah, so there are set guidelines for how wide these lanes have to be, and the street is only so wide. So yeah, it, it, it is kind of a trick, and I guess... Council President Tony Dole said, well, we'll have more discussions. I guess we'll have to see how things plan out. But is there a deadline that you have to get recommendations or requests to the state for? Don't you know? I believe that's why it came forward right now is there is a, a deadline. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk to Mark today. But, you know, I, I 2nd Street is long overdue. It's a corridor into the city. It's long overdue for a little bit of rework. I mean, I know we had some pains on Washington Street, some complaints, but really honestly it looks amazing and i think the flow has has worked its way out i think people are used to it i think it's 
Um, to me, the newer streetlights, the signs, it, it, I think it's a great thing. And we can see that on Second Street. We can now have something to compare it to. It's just finding what works for both the residents and a public safety standpoint. Mm-hmm. At the last council meeting of um, 2023, we learned that county taxes would be going up in the city of Jamestown for this year. I had County Executive P.J. Wendell in, uh, and he said that the fact that there hasn't been a revaluation or reassessment done in a while as, and the city, as a result, is below 100% evaluation is the reason why we're having county taxes go up because of they have to spread them out across the whole county. Uh, I know City Council had looked at doing a reval back in, I think, 2022, and it didn't go forward. Do you see possibly proposing doing a revaluation going forward for some time in your term? You know, it's hard to say. Everybody keeps asking me, are, are you going to run again? You know, I, I don't know what's going to happen in four years. I'm, we certainly didn't expect COVID to come during the last four years. So, um, but I'm open to anything and discussions about everything and doing what's best. But I'll be honest with you right now, we had the assessor just recently retire on the second. Um, so in addition to my department heads, I'm trying to evaluate and run a department um, and figure out the future of that department and what best fits the city. Um, so I have Randy Holcomb on my transition team as well. And Randy is a former city assessor and also former assessor for many towns and villages. Um, he and I are working through what, what we're going to do going forward. And I think we need to really accomplish that first because like the attorney's office and DOD, it's not really a simple reappointment of a, a, a controller, if you will. I know that's a tough spot, but it's numbers and it's it's a little this is a little bit more detailed we've no longer taken on the services of the town of Busti. it's just jamestown and maybe we need to reevaluate doing the consortium again and and going in and negotiating with our neighbors and tying in because randy's advice to me that even if i was to reappoint an assessor it would be very hard and people are just I'd have to do a statewide search. So I think we need to open up our eyes a little bit and expand and look around and see what our options are. And I'm open to doing that. Great. Obviously, I mean, we're here we're talking just like only nine days within in the new year. But is there anything else that's been going down that you'd like to fill us up, fill us in on? You know, not really that I can think of. Uh, I mean, it's uh, I'm trying to make my way to every department, you know, every fire platoon, the police station, just to welcome everybody and just say hello and and just create that relationship with our workforce, which I think is very important. I haven't even really been able to do that. So I, you know, uh, my days are filled. I'm excited. There's not a time that goes by that I'm like, wow, this day's dragging because that's definitely not the case. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm meeting with outside agencies like the Gebby, you know, uh, the Fenton, um, St. Susan's, all these things I think are very vitally important to the integrity of the city. Great. Well, Mayor Eklund, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you very much.